Hi, and welcome to IndieWire's Filmmaker Toolkit Podcast. This is Crystal Fault, the editor of the Toolkit, and my guest today is star, creator, and director of HBO's Barry, Bill Hader. Bill, thanks for being on again. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Um, you know, when I was really surprised when I talked to you and Alec last year about the fact that when you break, when for season one, it was this process of, do you, you can just pull that close. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, I got it, yeah. yeah. It was this process of telling the story linear. Like, what would he do here? What would he do next? Right, And right. then kind of going back and, and structuring it. Yeah. Was, was literally the first day of season two, you know, breaking it? Is like, is she dead in the trunk? Oh, yeah. yeah. That is, was is the she, first question was, yeah, what happened to Moss? What do you guys think happened to Moss? And we had our ideas. And, you know, what I tend to do is I like to be wrong fast. And that's a big kind of, you know, saying with Alec and I, like, let's try to be wrong as fast as possible. So I tend, to, before the writers meet, I'll get an office like a month ahead of time, wherever we're, we're going to end up writing, be writing, and I'll have a whiteboard and I just sit there for, you know, maybe four hours just writing out ideas and then I'll put them up on a board and I'll kind of slowly, a structural start to kind of coalesce and then I'll have a rough kind of outline for a season and then what I like to do is sit down and then pitch it to Alec and he'll have thoughts and then things will change and then we'll pitch that to the writers and then the writers will um you know hopefully tear it apart and then that gets us going you know mm -hmm. it gets a conversation going I always find it's way easier you know like when you walk out of a movie I feel like you're really smart and mm -hmm. going like, why wouldn't they just do this? Or why didn't that happen? <laughs> or why would that person be blank, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's trying to get to that part as fast as you can, and then that'll get the ball rolling, and then you can kind of um, see what's working, what's not working. So in that kind of big picture, are you thinking, this is what I want? I'm not necessarily sure in terms of plot, but this is the stuff I want Barry to face, you know? Like, yeah, you're, you're, you know, we had an idea going into season two that this idea that, his, uh, his, you know, him killing is something that is uh, inherent to him, mm -hmm. you know, and you know when you when you do these kind of shows, you have to have a meeting with HBO where they say, so what's the next season about? And mm -hmm. we don't really know, but we we were able to say, you know, we think it's about him realizing that it's inherent in him and that he. Um, this isn't a thing that he can necessarily, you know, can you change your nature is the big question. Mm -hmm. And it's always nice when you're writing to kind of ask yourself something and then, and then explore that idea. And then we try to explore that idea with all the characters. Um, you know, I felt like one thing when I look back at season one was like, oh, this is a good kind of you're meeting everybody in the situation and all that. But like, I wanted to get to know people. I wanted to get to know the people better. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely kind of a, mission statement going into season two um but um but yeah i mean you do do that but you know i mean i'm assuming everybody's listening to this podcast has seen the full season if you haven't yeah, i'm we, about to spoil a bunch <laughs> of stuff but you know like sally in the in the end of episode eight her flipping the table over i feel like we knew we had that and then once we figured that out we had already kind of written and outlined out a all the episodes mm -hmm. but once she did that and went oh that okay so let's go back 
and write her in episode six saying, oh, I'm going to do my real story, mm-hmm. you know, and then in episode four, let's have her admit to Barry, I, you know, I lied. You know, you go back and you start to, re- so that moment will work. So a lot of times we'll hit on a thing that we like and then we'll work backwards. And that ability to kind of do a pass two times through, you know, get through is, is something that allows you to have a very tight structure that you can't, you can't, you wouldn't, if you're writing episode to episode, like most yeah, of Yeah, I kind of tend to, I don't know how people with 20 episode seasons do it because for us, for me, it's a one four hour story. Mm-hmm. But then what Alec taught me was that each episode has to have its own beginning, middle and end. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's where the tough part comes in where you're like, what is this episode about, mm-hmm. you know? and finding the theme within that episode. There's something about season two that also seems to be boiled down to its essence. Mm-hmm. The journeys in terms of the characters, there's no fat on this story. Yeah. And, and when I say simplicity, I mean it as a compliment. Do you know what I'm saying? Not no, that, that's that, the goal. Yeah, that's when you're writing, that's always the goal of like, well, what's this about? Is that something you felt, is that something like as you going into second season, you felt, uh, as a, I imagine as a team, Alec and, and you and the writers, yeah. is that you were, you were able, because maybe there's a little bit of exploring going on in the first one, and you can really kind of really dial in on a couple things. Yeah, you, you know your characters a little bit better, and and that's a big thing. You know, Alec is a big proponent of that, and, and I, I always feel like we work well together because I'm more of like, what's the emotions and what's the kind of, as a movie nerd, what's the big cinematic mm-hmm. move that we can do, or what's the way to tell this? in a way that's not like that, that that can be cinematic and alec is 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 structure and logic and and uh and com and, and comedy to be honest he's always the one that's like we should have a joke here and he's always he's usually right you know mm-hmm. it's like we don't forget to that this is a comedy you know <laughs> and even if he doesn't know what it is he just he'll he's got a really great sense of we need something funny here um, and so I think w- what happens is you just, you look at each scene and you'll go, wow, we got it. And Alec will go, well, you know, a great example is, um, Sally's scene in episode two where she's watching her reel forever. It was, they watched her reel and it was terrible. And she, they were like, what do you think? And she went great. And that was it. And Alec went, that's a scene that starts with her not liking her reel and it ends with her not liking her reel. We should cut it because mm. I don't know how it's moving things forward. And we got in a big argument, not argument, but every big discussion in the writer's room. Writer's room yeah. yeah. Writer's room like, no, you need this because well, he goes, well, what happens? What, tell me what, what's, wh- what do we learn here? And then we talk about it and then somebody said, well, you know, it's like she thought she was at the top of a mountain and now she realized, no, I'm at the bottom of a shittier mm-hmm. mountain. And he goes, well, shouldn't that be what the scene's about, you know? And so then we added her agent going, I know you hate it, and you established a relationship with that agent. And then I said, oh, this is good because we're meeting this Lindsay character, her agent. We should set up whether you can trust her or not. Mm-hmm. Can we trust her or not? Me knowing that in the end you, she was going to be Sally's ally. Mm-hmm. But it's good to kind of set up, like, who who is this person? And do we believe her or not? And... um and uh, and so you know that's a good example of like well what what's the new information you know he's he's very big on like 
what is the new information I'm getting in each scene? And if I'm not getting new information, let's cut it. But, you know, and sometimes that's great. And then other times we'll be too hard on it. You know, there was a, there was a cut or of the end gunfight that was like half as long where you didn't see Barry in that hallway. You know what I mean? It was just very quick. It was like pop, 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 pop. Then he breaks into that other room, shoots the guy. And because we had kind of talked ourselves into whittling it down, whittling it down, whittling it down. And then uh, it was our editor, Kyle Ryder, was like, I think you need all this stuff in the hallway. It just gives it, it's just, it's just, you know, it, it just makes it more vicious, but it also makes it a little bit more surreal and weird and I know we're over on our time, but like I, I just think it'd be a shame to lose all the stuff just in the in the terms of time. Didn't really seem like HBO held you to a half an hour. No, no, no. They let us go over because we kept. They understood that you know you send it to them and say, well, what do you think we should cut? Mm-hmm. And to their credit, a lot of times they're like, no, this is great. You know, I wouldn't touch anything. Uh, I mean, every once in a while, there were episode six, there was a lot of stuff we cut out. Yeah. I think the first cut of episode six was like 50 minutes, and we cut, I think, I mean, a ton out of that episode and reshot a lot of stuff for that episode. So, um, but, you know, it's always a difficult thing to manage. You know, you, you can take it too far the other way where you cut too much just as a parallel the way that you left uh detective Janice Mins, you yeah. know the, what's going to happen you've got you've got a not a similar but you've got a a, a a cliffhanger of a sort at the end of two here mm-hmm. is it the same type of thing where i'm sure there's certain ideas that you're saving and brewing but like it's not necessarily you know where you're going next with this you're going to start fresh with season three yeah you know we we have ideas and you know alec and i are having dinner tonight and i'm sure at the dinner i'll be like well i'm thinking this and he'll go yeah i was thinking maybe this and a lot of times when we come up with those decisions there's like a vague notion of where it could go you don't Mm -hmm. just say gene finds out and then just go, well, let's see what happens. You kind of go, Gene finds out, and then X, Y, Z could happen. Mm-hmm. And then someone else will pitch. Or this could happen, and then you realize, like, okay, there's a lot of avenues we could go down that mm-hmm. all kind of work and are all kind of interesting. So let's do this. Gene finds out. Because there is, you know, there was a version of it that just was Barry walking into darkness, and that was the end of the season, you know. And, uh, and Not meaning not... The, the without the gene stuff without the gene stuff oh. yeah you would just cut and we didn't come up on gene mm-hmm. and his son at all but i just was like i think it's important and i like ending with this beat of him remembering moss and that you know their love mm-hmm. is is kind of what permeated over the whole season right do you know what i mean and so to see that relationship and those little snippets with the rain over it and stuff i thought was was nice you know how do you figure out, this is kind of a two-part question, how do you figure out who is going to direct which episode? And are there ones, I mean, you did five and eight. Were those ones that you very, it was very much in your head you wanted to do those? Yeah, five especially, because I kind of wrote that episode. That was kind of like, I kind of took that out of the room and went and wrote it on my own and then kind of came back and presented it to everybody mm-hmm. and saying, here's what I think five's going to be. As Alex says, it was my solo record in the middle of the uh, season. But uh, but um, 
and, and not saying that the room and Alec didn't help on it. You know, I remember, you know, there's a lot of things, like a couple of things in that episode. Like I initially started it where you were all seeing it through Barry's point of view. And Tal Kalade, one of our writers, said, oh, I think you should start with Ronnie. And I was like, oh, that's better. And, um, but how we pick to direct really is sometimes down to schedule. Mm. It's easier when, you know, um, you do blocks of them. I was exhausted because I had just shot it too while we were writing Barry season two. I left for two months and and, they, and HBO graciously like pushed the entire schedule so I could be able to do this and we still met our deadline, which was nice. But um, uh, uh, but I definitely want to direct five and then eight. I just saw it very clearly, especially mm-hmm. um, this stuff with uh, the theater scene and the gunfight. I kind of saw very clearly, and I was like, "Well, this is how I think these like all the theater stuff with the light and and the kind of going handheld and making it feel more without a net and." And I'd like to try to bring some of that um, uh, anxiety I had when I was at SNL. Like, you, there's this long shot following them out to the, the, the stage, which that, to me, was when you would go out for SNL and everyone's already kind of finished their bit. And, and you see people going in the other direction. Maybe people are going the other direction, and you're, like, the last one up, and it's just terrible. And then you're sitting in the wings watching someone perform, and you're about to go next, and when all the lights go out and you walk out and they set up your thing. I just wanted to have all that in there. Um, so, and then, you know, and Alec Berg clearly saw the bus scene in episode seven. Like mm. he just was like, Oh, I want, I know how to do this bus scene. And so, you know, I initially had thought of that bus scene would happen during the day and Alec went, no, 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 it should be at night and it should be this. And then, as he was talking about excited, I was like, well, you should drag seven. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he so clearly was like, oh, I know how to do this. And, um, and then as things work, Alec and I had written this whole thing with Steven Root in episode six where he's lost in the woods and it was this long runner through the whole episode. And Alec saw it and we were all excited and we cut it together. It just didn't, our, it, it wasn't his direction or Steven Root's acting. It was our writing. Just it was wrong. So we cut it. We cut a lot. We cut it to nothing. Well, let's talk about episode five, Ronnie and Lily. First off, this is something. This is it. Does feel in a in a good way. I love these ones that are kind of standalones. Mm-hmm. It was because this is probably not something that even. I mean, you figured out. It's a nice beat in the overall arc of the of the story. But I imagine this is one where you think of it as a whole and it's not even necessarily, well, this is the fifth chapter or this is the yeah. Third, right? Yeah, you want to keep people on their toes. I mean, initially, Ronnie, Lily, you know, when we were talking about, it was just Ronnie, there was no Lily. Um, but we said, okay, first day of writing season two, we said, okay, we know Loach, we want Loach to hire Barry to kill somebody. So let's do that at the end. I remember putting it at the end of episode four. So, okay, one, two, three, we got to set up this tension that he's trying to get Barry for killing Moss, and then the reveal is that he wants him to kill um, Ronnie. And then it was like, okay, so five, Ronnie. Okay, so I guess he kills Ronnie at the beginning of the episode, or maybe he kills him at the end of the episode. It's kind of like the stash house scene last season. We've kind of already done that. And then I remembered Wade Chapman, Wade Chapman, Wade uh, Allen, our... um, 
stunt coordinator said, you know, I worked with this 11 year old girl named Jesse, who's really good at martial arts and she can do all this crazy stuff. And he had this reel of it on his phone and I watched all this footage of her and it was crazy. And then he said, you know, if you need her, if you need a little girl for some reason, and then it just clicked in my head, like, oh, that's his daughter. Barry kills him. It goes, you know, he kills him. Then you have a split second where, oh my gosh, is Barry gonna have to kill a little girl? Then it revealed that she is like from another world almost, and and it was just kind of writing it intuitively. Um, Were you writing it as a filmmaker? I, one of the things I want to get into here is is that you've directed four episodes of this series, and it's all very well done. This episode is 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 something extraordinary in terms of its direction, but it also points to something. This episode kind of it does fit into the series, but it, it exists on its own, and I can almost it almost feels like a a playground for you to yeah. to do some things filmmaking yeah. wise. I, I, which I, I know the series to a certain degree is 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 that to you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I always wanted to. I mean, I think it's pretty well documented. I was always wanted to be a filmmaker, and that was my passion. The the thing that you know, all my heroes were film directors and, and writers and things like that. And, and then I kind of got into comedy and loved it and, and everything. But, um, you know, at, at SNL, anytime a big director would come through, I would geek out and, and, and make a fool out of myself. Um, but, um, I felt like on season one, I didn't do a good job of some things. And when I walked back, I'm like, oh man, I wish I would have stuck to my guns. I saw that a specific way and I kind of chickened out or someone said, oh, don't you want to do it this way? And I went, okay, you know, (laughs) and I didn't stick to my guns. And so I really wanted to write an episode that, that where I got to do these things and do it the way that I saw it. and uh and just go for it and i think because the first season had done well they people kind of let us do it you know i mean people being hbo but also like the producer and everybody they were like okay they had confidence in me that i knew what i was doing um but what the nice thing about writing that episode was that it really was very intuitive it was not all of our episodes are you put them up on a board, you outline it, and then you write a treatment for them, and then you look through the treatment, and while you're writing the treatment, you're realizing things don't work. I mean, you're going over and over and over the material constantly. And that was an episode where it was just kind of like, it was like a breath of fresh air where I could just be like, it's all about like this, these 30 minutes, and that's it, you know? Well, right off the bat, one thing I, that's noticeable about the direction of this is you're, you're using longer takes and a lot of the comedy, but also more importantly, a lot of the tension is coming from the off screen. You're kind yeah. of activating off screen space here yeah. in a way, um, and, and letting the, and then also this pacing, it's, it's a very distinct style and a very distinct way of using the camera. Um, and it, of course, it evolves as the episode goes on, but right off the bat, I mean, because that's something that's not necessarily in the, in the Barry language of how it's yeah. done. Yeah, or, uh, yeah, and I, 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 again, it's like, people go, oh, what were you watching, or whatever, and I was watching some, like, Anjay Vida movies and stuff like that, like, Ashes and Diamonds, and A Generation, and Canal, and some of these movies that I really was, you know, jazz, I just like the way he shoots things, um, but, um, 
and then you do it and people go, oh, that reminds me of Tarantino, you know, (laughs) (laughs) nothing wrong with Tarantino, but I was like, oh, okay. Or the Coen brothers. And you're like, oh, right on. I mean, I like, you know, nothing. I like both of them, you know, but that wasn't where I was, what I was thinking. Um, but, uh, but so much of it is, is where's the emotion of it? And, and, uh, and also, again, just intuitively going like, oh, I don't want to see Barry when he's talking to Ronnie at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. Cause I know I got Barry in this weird costume. So it's kind of a fun reveal if you hear him talking to him off screen and the guy's just staring and it's just, you know, um, that just feels right, you know, or like, Initially, the big fight scene, the big long one take, that was all my, my initial thought was to follow them, you mm-hmm. know. And Paolo Widobro, the DP, was like, you know, you could let them go out of frame and then we kind of slowly find them. And I go, oh, that's way better. I love that, you know. So we designed that shot. So the hardest thing about that whole one to be honest, was trying to exp- – and like you're trying to tell a, a, a camera operator not – to pan to something is like impossible because that's what they're taught. So they have to pan to something. So there's a moment where Barry breaks uh, Ronnie's throat and I wanted both of them to go out of frame and have the frame empty, but you hear him wheezing and then the camera slowly comes over and sees him, you know, let the wheezing bring you to him because that's new information. Okay. He broke his throat. And then I was like, Oh, that'll kind of illustrate that better. And that, that was the hardest thing to just <laughs> just to explain. You do it. You go, no, 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 no. You can almost feel them go, ah. You know, like, like the camera start to go over to them. And you go, no, 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 no. Just stay there. And they're not hearing the wheezing. So they don't know that, oh, we're going to add this wheezing sound. So just it was, it was um, it, I mean, it was, so much of the hardest part of directing is just maintaining your confidence and your persistence of vision when everyone's looking at you like you're crazy. And that was like one of those instances where everyone was like wait what that's just there's no there's no one in frame and i'm like i know i know no no it'd be great (laughs) well the thing is is the episode has some absurdity to it that's and um and but it's absurdity that fits into the story just because it's there's a humor to the fact that like it is absurdly hard for Barry not to kill somebody. You know, it's like, it's yeah, like, it's yeah. Really what's hard he for him supposed to, to do? And yeah. also, that's like human nature. The little girl's dad was murdered. Yeah. She wants to destroy the person, you know, she wants vengeance. I mean, that's just like, that's just, that, that's just human beings. And, and he's just in this, he finds himself in these positions. And it is like the universe keeps putting him in this mm-hmm. position, you know, which is funny. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because it feels like as a filmmaker, that's something that visually very is very exciting to you is this this kind of realism mixed with this absurdity to yeah. s- to a certain degree. Yeah, and you want to keep it, you know, and it's little things. It's it's um, making sure it feels, you know, not putting music in, you know, yeah. and not having a score was important, and and feeling the the um, the outside, you know, the the neighborhood sounds outside at all times mm-hmm. and. Just making it feel like a room that you're actually in, um, and then letting the violence happen, and then let it sit for a second, and then you know it's all pacing, you know. Yeah. And again, it's just feeling it out. Jeff Buchanan edited that episode, and Jeff and I would just are we holding on that too long? Let's see, let's take a fr-. you know it was all down to like frames, mm-hmm. you know. But initially, when Barry goes up to the window, he looks out the window. She's not there, and then. 
as is in the cut now, he turns around and she's growling on the ground and then she jumps at him. Now, initially what happened was, was she jumped on my back and she crawls over me and bites my leg and I, I throw her off of me and she lands in that position mm-hmm. and I go, Barry, you know, what the fuck? And then she lunges at me. Well, HBO, when they saw it, they said, man, this fight scene with the little girl's great, but her crawling over the back looks kind of janky. It just, it's like, it's kind of anticlimactic. Yeah. And um, we were like, oh man, they're right. <laughs> and I just said to Jeff, I'm like, is there any way we can cut from the window to her just jumping at me? Yeah. And he goes, let me, let me figure something out. And so he just, he figured that out. So when you see, we ADR'd it, but when it cuts to Barry going, whoa, whoa, I thought you were a dog. That's all ADR. What I'm reacting to is she just bit me. So it's like you find those little, you're constantly just, it, it, it's never, it's a constant, you're constantly working at it is my point. That's you in the mask the whole time, is that not? Is no, that, no, no, it's this guy Jake. Is, it, I, I'm in the mask in close-ups. Okay. Uh, and when there's any kind of real, like kind of acting, acting. But then Jake's great too. I mean, I mean Jake, he's really funny. Is there, because there's an element here of you also got to, I want to, we'll go back to Lily for a second, but also just going back to, to Ronnie, you got to choreograph a fight scene here in, in a way that um, is, is messy and also kind of playing into some of the cinema stuff we're talking yeah. about here. Was that, is that was also, that was also kind of how to be the fun of the, you know, what is a Bill Hader, you know, kind of martial arts fight scene. Oh, yeah. Like. Well, I don't, yeah, I didn't want it to be cool. I remember yeah. telling Wade Allen, who actually choreographed it with Daniel and Jake, was like... Because Daniel's a real, is a, is they're established. Both, they're both yeah. real fighters. Yeah. And, I, and Daniel, yeah, he's like one of the best in the world. And I just said, well, I want it to, you know, just, you just when I see, I've seen fights in my life, in real life, that people lose, they last for like five seconds because everyone, you know, gets exhausted. And it's mostly people just hugging each other, you know? <laughs> and so I always dislike it in movies and stuff where suddenly everybody knows martial arts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always like, what? Uh, so I wanted it to feel more real in a sense and just kind of brutal. And so Wade, yeah, man, that's all Wade Allen. He, in those performers, he just worked it out where, you know, they just, I just, I, I, want, I want it all in one shot. And I want the... The nice thing about them coming in out of frame is that it feels a little bit more judgmental of what they're doing, a mm-hmm. little bit more um, like this is a bit silly. Um, but um, so th- there was that aspect to it, which I like. And what about, um, I'm sorry, what's the actress's name that plays Lily? Jesse. Jesse. Jesse G. I can't say it. She has like a very like a, a Italian name that I butcher and so I don't say it anymore because I've butchered it in like three interviews. <laughs> <laughs> um, you said before that she's she's got this skill set but you've also added this kind of like like crouching tiger like almost I, I don't know if it's rope work or whatever. Yeah, yeah, we she... have our, yeah, we have wire work on all that. So all that stuff in the in the in that room where it was a stage mm-hmm. like the whole interior of their house is a stage so mm-hmm. we were, were able to to take out the ceilings and and have rope work and and you know yeah it was, it was a blast it's a it's also a hysterical contrast you just perfectly described the the fight with ronnie and that all of a sudden it's like this like kind of supernatural yeah you <laughs> wanted to you, you wanted know. to just again you want i wanted to, as <laughs> you're writing it you want to be surprised yeah 
you don't want to see like the same thing again. And then you just go, well, is this too far or not? And everyone was like, no, this is hilarious. <laughs> um, and again, you know, yeah, with, with her, it was just like, it's so funny because we were directing, I was directing that scene and acting in some of it. And I, so we, we shot episodes five and eight at the same time. So, oh, so you blocked those. So we blocked those. And so when we were shooting that stuff at the next little set, they were, it was the very last scene of the entire series with Kusno in bed. Mm-hmm. So I would work with Jesse and them, and then I would go over to this next set, and it's, you know, Henry just laying in bed, and he was relaxing, and I have blood all over my face, and the stocking <laughs> cap on, and I'm like, all right, so this scene is, you know, and I would describe it, and, you know, you're thinking about Moss and everything, and and then he was just like, what is happening next door? And I was like, you're going to see, man, because we didn't table read that episode. Yeah. It was just some, it was just because it was all action. And yeah. it was just me and it was like three actors. So um, the other actors were kind of curious, like, why is this little girl in a karate gi walking around set? You know, <laughs> and I was like, you'll see, you'll see. Um, episode seven, uh, what is it? Payback Ladies? Is that? Is that yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Liz Sarnoff wrote that, right? Yo, Liz wrote that, yeah. Okay. It seems like, and this is something that uh, you and Alec had mentioned when we talked this time last year, it seems like in terms of some of uh, the female characters and the female arcs, you're you're really leaning on uh, some of the incredible writers that you have in that mm-hmm. in, in the room there, and this is like a really interesting thing because it's 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 kind of a woman in Hollywood story yeah. to, to a certain degree, yeah. and 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 also the humor. I mean, handling that in a in a in, it's humor as well. I, 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 I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that because that's something where you, I imagine you're really leaning on the room for, for those Yeah, because I don't know what that's like. So, I mean, I don't know what it's like to be a woman in Hollywood. <laughs> so you have to, and, with, and also Sarah Goldberg, the actress, like what have mm-hmm. you experienced on the other, you know, um, They become compasses mine. to a certain degree. Yeah, right? you need that, you know. And, um, well, what happened this season was that because I went and shot It too our scripts were not at the, at, 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 uh, Alec and I did not have a chance to do a big, like our pass at the scripts. So when we started writing, he and I were playing catch up kind of the whole season. Cause the way it works is you hand a writer an outline, they write a draft, we'll, everyone will give it notes, they hand it back to the writer, they'll do another draft, and then Alec and I do our pass. And then, um, and so Alec and I were doing a pass of seven and Seven was in big trouble because when we outlined it, Barry was just hanging out with Sally the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Barry had no, and I remember Liz went, um, Barry has no story in Seven, you know? <laughs> She's like, Seven's in pro. I remember I was shooting episode four and Liz texting me, Barry has no story in Seven. We, we need to figure, you guys need to figure that out, you know? And, um, so when we came up with the audition idea of swim instructors and all that, which was pretty late in the game, and then we knew we go, oh, Sally needs to have something happen to her that makes she has a meeting because of her domestic violence, you know, background. Her Lindsay sees something, sees a project that she thinks would be perfect for her because of her past, and then she goes into that project and it's bad. And we, what is that? And Alec and I had an uh, Alec had an idea that I didn't like. He had an idea that, or, or, or like he had an idea I didn't like. I had an idea he didn't like. So then we pitched both of our ideas to Liz on speakerphone, and she hated both of them. <laughs> she said both those ideas are dumb. 
And she said, you know what pisses me off are all these movies and shows about women who are abused and so they get a gun and go back and, and get vengeance. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I just think the insinuation that because I, I was abused that turns me into a violent person is insulting. And, um, and I went, that's perfect, because that works on like two, a couple of levels where it's like insulting to her as a mm-hmm. victim of domestic violence, but also she's also saying, I'm not Barry. Like, I'm not a violent person. Right, like, right. just because I've had this happen, she's a victim of violence. And yeah. so I was like, oh, this is good. And so then we said, yeah. And then it kind of wrote itself, that whole scene. It was like payback ladies, and it's that time of the month for revenge and all that stuff. Yeah. But that, that all came from Liz having that insight. And Alec and I, our ideas were just totally wrong because we wouldn't think about that. When she said that, we both were like, oh, yeah, I guess that is kind of insane, you know? <laughs> I, I, I have to ask, because and this might be way too inside baseball, do you guys have a relationship with Gersh? No, no, I don't. Because you could just paid up an agency, you know? No, it's good if it's a real agency. It's good if it's real. But Daniel Meldman wasn't a real agent. Yeah. But And the mics aren't based on anybody. But it, it, but it is... Uh, it's funny if it's it just Gersh just was making us everyone in the room just immediately liked Gersh. I don't know why. <laughs> um, going to eight, you know, I have to imagine in some ways you're writing to a moment as a whole. The whole the whole entire writer room is writing to our moment where, since this is hinging on can Barry change, mm-hmm. there, I don't know. It seems like maybe there's like 10, 11 minutes left in the episode, and it really feels like you're right on that, yeah, that moment, you know, in that in that great way that you can do a drama of like, it seems like he's there. Yeah, you no, know? we we purposely wanted to build it to. We I remember us saying we should build it to a moment where he's done it. And the, and the season ends and we should wrap up everything and it's done mm-hmm. so that when he does go off, it is fully his choice. Like he's out, you know, all he has to do is walk away and he, something has to happen that where he can't. And, and that's the other thing is that, you know, those, that's how we talk about it. Something needs to happen where he can't, but we don't know what that necessarily is. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that'll suddenly that actually was at the four consideration event for season one I got stuck in traffic and while I was in traffic I thought oh my god what if Fuchs went to the monastery and that's why because we had an idea of Barry shooting up everybody in the monastery but it was like because he just wanted to like he went nuts and decided to go well who can I kill Mm. and he went and shot which was bad it was that was like that doesn't work he needed a real reason there and like and and um oh my god fuchs is there that makes sense so he's trying to kill fuchs so we got to figure out a way to get fuchs into the monastery right and and um and we'll figure that out right <laughs> but we got to figure out why is fuchs in the monastery and then and so i remember that whole thing came to me and i remember running in and telling alec like right as they're miking us to go out i'm like Fuchs is Fuchs. He goes there, and then you see Gene and the whole kind of ending. And then Meyerbeck's there, and he shoots Meyerbeck. And then, and um, Alec went, "That's great. We just got to figure out why. How, why is Fuchs there? You know." And mm-hmm. so, that was the next day in writing. Was when the next day when we went to the writers' room, figuring out what that was. 
But um, but yeah, you kind of want to build to a moment, and then you know the same thing I was saying like with Sally, it's like you know you want her to disappoint herself and 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 um, do a thing that she knows is based on a lie. I think it's important. I like that Barry goes, well, you left. Like who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, you right. still left either way. And but that to her it doesn't it that that no that does that it matters to her you know. There's a little bit of uh, there's a directing challenge, there's a filmmaking challenge in eight in the sense that you know Barry has in in the course of these you know eighteen episodes has had to kill people. He has had to resort to mm-hmm. the violence that he's trying to avoid, um, and it's always with regret or it's always with like a certain amount of. Um, forced into you know like yeah i think i think of the killing in the car where he has to kill his friend in the the first season where it's just like fuck he's digging his own grave here there's no way out of this and it tortures him and and that's not what happens at the end of eight there's a there's a snap here and both as a performer but i think almost more as a director you know how is that going to unfold how are we going to film to that how are we going to because this is this is a new that 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 you know shooting is is something that we're that's a new thing for us. Yeah, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about um, how you approached that from a filmmaking standpoint, uh, in particular the um, you know the violence at the end. I I think it was always wanting to show you know there's a way of doing that shootout which was like handheld and and and. Um, and and kind of life without a net feeling and really kinetic and all that and um i i didn't want to do it that way again i don't know why but i just it was i liked it being a little bit more kind of composed and 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 i want i think i think where i came into it was from the standpoint of a guy on a bender like he's an alcoholic and all season he's like i'm not gonna drink i'm not gonna drink and now this is him going on a bender and hating himself. So as an actor, it was like, um, you know, Barry's crying while he's doing a lot of that. He's angry, but he's also, uh, you know, he's so furious at Fuchs, but he on some level knows that he's lost himself, you know. Um, and um, uh, and all this stuff, this rage has been boiling out of him. So a lot of it was also just, it, it was trying to... Um, give you geography. Um, let you know where everyone is. So, but instead of having just a shot of a door and having Cristobal run out, it's like, oh, let Cristobal running. Let's dolly, you know, Barry loading a gun in the foreground, then dolly with Cristobal, which will then take us to his guys mm-hmm. who he has to shoot, and then you go back around. Um, but a thing I was very conscious of, I wanted that when guys got shot, like the guy who gets shot in the neck, and then there's a guy who gets shot in the head on the ground, I wanted you to see their last moments on Earth. I wanted them to, you to feel like these arbitrary people, bad guys. Um, they know they're dying. They know that the, the, um, this is their last moments, you know. Um, I wanted you to feel something for them on some level, you know. Um, but I, you know, um, you know, when that guy shot against the boxes, he's mumble, he's mumbling a prayer. No one can really hear it, but he knows like I'm done. Um, uh, 
and and so and that is again like when Barry is um, going down the hallway. I wanted them to shoot out the lights because I wanted because this whole again this sounds pretentious, but the whole idea on some level of light and dark, and he's this guy who lives in the shadows and he wants to be in the spotlight, and it's like that short circuiting, like he's lost it, and then finally it's darkness, you know. Um, and the camera can leave him too. That's the other thing. It's, yeah, it's, you 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 seem to. When you think of these things, you seem to also think of them in 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 longer takes and playing yeah. out, and and you don't care if it's his point of view or if it's yeah. he enters it or or yeah. where he is. We don't necessarily need to be with him in a, in the same way. In, in when he's yeah there. yeah, you, you, I I like I like um, just feeling the 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 whatever that feeling is uh, like the emotion of it, but I didn't want it to be. Uh, lack of a better term, a first shooter thing, or you know, I think they did it very well in Elephant, where they were with the guy the whole time and all that. But um, I, I, I just I wanted to feel um, this the point of view of somebody going, "What are you doing, man? Mm-hmm. Like, stop!" You know, like you know, and and and, uh, and that's always been the kind of point of view when I'm shooting the action or the violence with Barry, especially you know. Um, is very plain and kind of detached, but to me, it's it's I'm always somebody who's backing away from um, a friend, mm-hmm. you know. Um, um, from the pilot, it was that when he shoots the guys in the car, it, I always felt it was that point of view of someone going, "Come on, man, let's go!" Like, don't don't worry what those guys are saying about you. The camera's behind him, over him, onto the car, and we never cut away really. Uh, um, but I, I, I also it was very important for me to hear breathing when, when he's walking. He hears frantic breathing and then cross-cutting that with Meyerbeck's very calm breathing. And breath. These guys are about, one of them's about to die. This mm-hmm. is, a, you know, um, just feeling the gravity of what the thing is, you know, as opposed to, um, you know, on some level. But finding that balance where it's not... Uh, sentimentalized or preachy um, or you know what I mean it's just you feel it you know it seems as if um, I mean she's a wonderful cinematographer but it seems as if a a big partner in in you and trying to figure this out you're talking light and dark but you're also talking there's 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 you know when we had talked last year, you you had mentioned Robbie Mueller, who has oh, yeah. you know, who has since passed. But you know that's a tricky thing, that picturesque but also dark. Yeah, no. And it seems as if so much of how you're seeing this is wrapped up. And her name's Paula, right? Or Paula Widobro. Paolo. Paolo. Uh, it seems as if a lot of her language and the way you two are working together is evolving as this show. Yeah, is and I mean, you watch an episode eight. All those colors backstage, you know the, you know the red and the blue and and messing with all that, you know that was something that we talked about ahead of time. I was like, I think we should have red here, blue here, and she's like, oh, I think we'll put white. You know, mm. she gets because there is a lot more red. You, the red, the bold, it's a lot bolder in terms of the color. In yeah, the yeah, and it's and it's motivated though. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, that's the hard thing is with those things is that you would love to just have so many scenes be like that and then you're watching a movie going like why is there red lights in this apartment you know or whatever um but uh but when i mean that's how paula got the job was i was like oh i love robbie Mueller's cinematography and she went oh that kind of like um 
natural but composed and i said yes you know and uh no she's amazing and and we do we, you know we work pretty well together i photo board everything um that I, means that means you go and take photos of i have a shots. thing called the artemis on yeah. my phone and so i will walk up and put it on a so she, the, most of our conversations is she'll go, what did you have it on? I'm like, I shot that, I'm at the 25. She's like, oh yeah, 25 is good. And then sometimes she'll be like, I think we could go a little tighter, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like what if we did to 30 or something, you know, 35. And I'm like, oh, I want it wider. I'm always wanting wider and she usually goes, yeah. so we find a balance. Um, but, you know, with, but I will say with the other directors, I think they are, you know, they'll, she kind of has the lead on a lot of like how she wants to shoot things. And the other, I mean, especially someone like Hiro Murai or whatever, have very distinct views of how they want it shot and they work together. But I, I do think, and it's it's something I've, I will kind of fully admit, I think I'm super like, it's this, and then we go to this, and then we go to this, <laughs> you know? And then I don't understand lighting, so then she gets really excited about the lighting. But <laughs> lens choices and frame, I really am like, I pick the frame, I pick the lens, even on other people's episodes, and then I'm constantly apologizing because yeah. Minky Spiro is a phenomenal director. She shot a scene in episode three where Barry's at a desk and people are shooting at him and he looks up and then he looks over and and the way she had planned it out and I said I'm so sorry I I wrote this and I have a very clear view of how this has to be shot and so I kind of showed her the things and that's not the coolest thing to do to a director but I can't help it and so um yeah I'm constantly apologizing to people and going I'm so sorry but I see this a very specific way and I have other friends, uh, Reed Morano is a friend of mine, and I told her, yeah, I did that. And she goes, oh, my God, if you did that to me, I'd kill you. you know? <laughs> and I said, no, I don't blame you. You know, It's like you hired me for a reason. That's like giving someone line readings. Yeah. you know. And it's like, I know, I know, I'm, I'm bad, I can't. <laughs> but Paula, I'm sure, would be, you know, I think on when I'm directing, she kind of just gets more excited about lighting because she knows I'm going to be like, you know, it's this, and then it goes to this, and then it goes to this. <laughs> uh, episode eight, also part of this in the kind of internalization, uh, it, it's a it's a it's a bolder use of sound, yeah. To, and and then also uh, building off that, the beautiful ending with Gene is also kind of it. It's kind of defined by its just rain backdrop. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And it's it's a more expressionistic use of sound than than maybe previous episodes. I love. The, I love using sound. I get very excited by using sound to tell the story, to set the mood. Um, we have a great sound design team. Um, Do you have time in this? Because a lot of people on TV don't have time for sound design. It's oh, like I love on. I love sound design, and I'm I'm like a stickler for it. I mean, our sound spotting meetings go really long because I'm like I need this there okay. that there. So you, you guys know. have the time for it. But I pro yeah yeah yeah. But I will say that rain thing though was an accident really because we shot those scenes, the exterior of all the 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 of that night of the monastery. We shot that during that time when it was raining every day in LA, like the most rain they've had in 10 years or something. And, um, and we, um, so my editor, Kyle Ryder, he just, when I saw the first cut of the shootout, he had put rain over it because he's like, well, it's raining. When you come in, it's clearly raining. And then when you go shoot at the car outside, it's raining. And, mm -hmm. and I went, oh wow, this is awesome. I go, can you make it louder? And then, 
And then I got in my head and I was like, oh, this is like unforgiven and blah, blah. And he goes, oh, just freaking embrace it, man. <laughs> and then, uh, so Everything, then, everything's been done before. You're, yeah, you're yeah. Just, just embrace it, it, man. Just relax. <laughs> and so then we really embraced it and we went into the mix where I was like, oh, when well, after I shoot Esther, can you put a giant, you know, thunder over me when we're kind of mm-hmm. dollying back to me and everything? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we, and so then we just left the rain. Kyle cut that beautiful scene with, with, with the rain. And then him thinking of, of Kusuno thinking of Moss, and then, and then those kind of shot cuts to the trunk opening, and you know, I, I mean, he he really built that and just kind of showed it to me, and I was like, don't change a frame of this. And then I remember us being in the mix, and they had mixed it a little differently, and I said, can you just get what Kyle did on the Avid? I want that exact thing, you know. And so, um, yeah, I'm a tyrant. <laughs> um, because Barry is so all-encompassing, it, you know, it seems as if uh, you've mentioned it a few times. You know, it mm. the, the decision to go to do it almost just yeah. even those two months was is disruptive because it's almost a year-round process. Yeah, it is, and you and you realize like it really works when it's Alec and I sitting there staring at it, mm-hmm. and then everybody else is adding their their what you know everyone else is contributing. Um, but you, I realized like, oh, it has to be like the, we're like the two headed beast of the, of the thing. And, and it's, it's hard. You, you, you can't like, um, I think what works for this show is this kind of very persistent vision over mm-hmm. it, you know? And so you just want to maintain that. And so, but maintaining it, I mean, the show wrapped last week and I, I'm like, finally my body just went, Ugh. You know, it's like I've been holding this thing for 13 months, and then finally it was like, oh, it's done, and it's all aired, and, you know. Does that mean, you know, I'm just thinking of it, does that mean right now um, it's hard for you to take on another thing, like an acting thing? Like, Yeah, is, I is, think is, right is, is now. Doc, is Doc Now not something that you necessarily have time to go back yeah, for? Yeah, well, Doc Now I can't go back to as an actor contractually. I'm contractually on television. I can only, you know, be on HBO, but... um um, it, but they made the exception for it. But it, well, it's not a TV show. It's a movie. Oh, oh, you're, it's only, it's an owl kick. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. But, uh, but the problem with, uh, but I've been working pretty steadily for like three and a half, four years, like with no real break. And so I think I need a break. <laughs> I need like I need a couple months off just to like read and watch movies and I can't tell you how many times I always again. seem to get filmmakers like a week after they've just finished this thing yeah. and I always seem to, there's always this like look in their eye of like please fucking don't talk to me about what I'm doing next no I, no I mean I your wanna... head starts to, well I mean I get like a text that'll be like hey can you meet with this person for breakfast next week and my head just explodes and I just go I don't know if I can I have the, I have the bandwidth for that right now you know because uh, so yeah, I think I'm in a place where I need a, a break and, and to recharge the battery. And I remember I worked on South Park a little bit and Trey Parker would always talk about that. He's like, you need time to recharge the battery mm-hmm. and to get excited about it and to miss it a bit. And so when you come in, you're really enthusiastic and you get excited. And I think when you're constantly working, it, it can knock you down a bit. Um, Was it just too much of a, like, are you Stephen King nut? Was it just too much of an opportunity to pass? Yeah, out? yeah, and I I loved meeting Andy Machete and Barbara, his, his sister, and and uh, 
yeah, I mean, I just was like, oh, I got to do this. There's no way. And, 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 uh, so yeah, that was one where I told Alec, I'm like, so I got offered to play a part in it. And he was like, oh, you got to do that. And HBO, there was never a question there. No one was like, why that movie? Everyone was like, oh my gosh, that thing is going to be amazing. You got to go do that. Um, so I say all this, but then, yeah, I could go downstairs and someone will say, hey, so-and-so, and I'm like, what? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I got to go do that. <laughs> you, know? you know, I was going to leave it here, last question. You know, there's an element of, you know, who knows long, and I'm not going to even ask you how long Barry's going to go unless you, unless you have an end point, but I, I imagine to a certain degree in, in seeing it in this season and even listening to you talk about your direction – I have to imagine that you're going to leave this show with a much clearer sense of, of you've always wanted to be a filmmaker, but you know, what type of filmmaker right. you, you know, doing something like that, Ronnie and Lily, which I think was like about 37 minutes or something in the yeah. self-contained thing. Yeah. I have to imagine it's, it, 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 you have doing something like that gives you such a clearer sense of like what a Bill Hader feature will look like. Oh, or maybe. Yeah. Like. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I, I mean, I am, as I say, I don't know what I'm doing. I am writing a movie. Um, I've written a lot of movies, but I'm writing something specifically for myself to direct and that I don't think I'd necessarily be in. Um, but I, I like that. I like, um, I, I just feel like having done Barry in those two episodes are giving me a little bit more confidence, you know, and, and the confidence to say, um, yeah, no, I think it, you know, we're, these are the shots, you know, and, and I, I, I know it'll, I, I know it'll work. And if it doesn't work, it'll be interesting. At least <laughs> it'll be an interesting thing that went wrong. But I think, uh, you know, people, uh, and then, you know, and then the nice thing is that, I mean, Paula and I get along great and we work with each other great. And then I was very happy that when she saw Ronnie Lilly, she was like, oh, this is going to be my submission to the, because it's, it's beautiful. I mean, I say I choose the I, the frame and the moves and all that, but I don't know. I mean, she's the, she then makes it look way better than I could ever make it look. And we'll there's come a up vision with in your things. head and then there's the making it happen. There's a vision in my head and making it happen. And then she is, um, incredibly good at things like when we shot out in the in the out in the desert with steven root for those those um daydreams he has with all those people you know she would look up i don't know Paula can look up at the sky and go we got to shoot steven right now why she's like because that <laughs> the sun's about to go out from under that cloud and it'll look awesome and she goes move him right here and she's just looking at the sky and then she's like roll it now and then the minute we started rolling the sun came out perfectly and she's like go <laughs> all right bill Hader, congratulations thanks, it was a man. wonderful season thanks buddy